recorded live. So uh, we're looking at Isaiah 6, and uh, Jeremiah just read that, uh, just kind of reviewed the first four verses there, seeing the gloriousness and the majesty of the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and and uh, seeing signs that Isaiah saw about that majesty. Um, there in 5 through 7, we're seeing that God is basically set us, setting aside um, Isaiah or sanctifying him for the work and the commission that that, uh, that he's to do. And um, probably some things that we could talk about in, in uh, um, verses 5 through 8. Um, Isaiah is basically crying out and saying, Woe is me. Um, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Um, that's, you know, that's taking that, that look at ourselves, isn't it? And saying, Whoa. You know, when you uh, when you can imagine the majesty of of God, you know, revealing Himself to you, um, can you imagine how Isaiah felt there in that instance? You know, feeling woe is me. I, you know, I've seen this great majesty, and I realize, you know, what I am. You know, uh, mere mortal man. Uh, Full of unclean lips, you know, as he as he as he described himself, and um, you know what a blessing to be able to lay our eyes on the Lord, and to be able to make that, you know, that exclamation that says, you know, woe is me, I um, I stand in the in the presence of great, almighty, and, you know, he just, he just feels, he feels, uh, I don't know, uh, it's hard to describe, but certainly from Isaiah's perspective, um, you know, he's, he's feeling like he's, he's pretty much dirt and trash before this, this Lord. But then one of the seraphims there at seven basically lays it upon his mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and his sin is purged. So right there at that moment, in that instance, the seraphim is exclaiming to Isaiah that you're clean. And and now he's he's you know just like Daniel I suppose in certain respects when he heard the words of the angel he became dumb he didn't have any strength he didn't have any breath left in him so sometimes when we read we're we're reading words but not 
thinking about what it is that we read. Um, you know what I mean, you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so it's always good when you read something to kind of reflect on it and and consider exactly, you know, what you've just read. And, uh, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? I've always loved that scripture here in Isaiah 6, 8 because... I don't probably remember it by verse or anything, but I I know I remember those words where he says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then he says, well, here I am, send me. And he said, go, tell this people, hear you indeed, but understand not, and see indeed, but perceive not. And you can imagine Isaiah going, he just he just said, here I am, send me. And then the Lord says, okay, go. Go tell the people and they're not going to hear you. Uh, or they will hear you indeed, he says, but they aren't going to understand. And they're going to see, but they're not going to perceive. <clears throat> Make the heart of this people fat. Make their ears heavy. Shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. And now, wasn't that uh, true, uh, what we were reading in in Matthew last week? Do you recall? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was that, uh, where were we at, Matthew uh, 21 or Matthew 23? Which one Uh, were we? Matthew 21. Matthew 21, well, let's just go back there real quick and get a a double witness to that. Uh, Let's see. Where did he say that? Answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. I'm not sure where it's at. I guess I was thinking it might have been in in 23, but that's drives and Pharisees and hypocrisy to now. Let's see. And let's see if my Bible has a cross-reference here to that scripture. Uh, Isaiah 9, what, 6, 9 was that? Uh, no, 10. Um, Isaiah 6, 10. Um, I have a footnote for... Uh, No, I have a footnote for a cross-reference to uh, chapter 63, verses 17, and Jeremiah 5.21. So those would be prophecies from the prophets Jeremiah 
and a later prophecy in Isaiah at chapter 63. Um, yeah, mine doesn't have any footnotes for this. That I can tell. Yeah, and I, I'm not seeing it in Matthew right off the bat, so uh, we'll come back to that later. But see, that's the scripture where Christ said to them, in parables, and he uh, they asked, why do you speak in parables? <clears throat> and he said, well, because lest that they should hear and see and understand and that they'd be converted and I should heal them. And um, that, you know, that's where a lot of Christians in, in the world stumble because they don't want to believe that that's possible. They want to believe that God is love, and He's accepting everybody just as they are. And and um, but you can see right here, the Lord says, "Make the heart of the people fat." Uh, well, how do you make their heart fat? You you uh, you you watch them loving all of their desires and all of their pleasures of their heart versus a heart after God like David, uh, make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. So God, in essence, is saying, these miserable sinners who will not repent, these people who will not acknowledge me, these, these who run after wickedness, uh, in spite of everything in nature that tells them to the contrary, notwithstanding the word of God itself, um, he doesn't necessarily want them converted and healed, does he? Mm-mm. No. Then said I, Lord, well, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabited and the houses without man. Now, can you imagine a commission like this? You just said, here I am, send me. And and now you're supposed to go out and speak to these people whose ears are going to be shut, whose eyes are going to be closed, and aren't going to hear and aren't going to understand. And, and he says, how long? I mean, can you imagine that? You're sitting there thinking, well, how long do I have to do this? You know, is it going to be one year, two years, ten years? Um, you know, Isaiah's probably thinking in his mind and going, well, how long am I going to have to do this? And God says, until the cities are wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land utterly destroyed. And the Lord have removed men far away and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But, he says, yet in it shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and shall be eaten, as a teal tree and as an oak, whose substance is in them when they cast their leaves. So the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. So God is saying that of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whom he has blessed and called holy, there'll be a tenth, and it shall return, 
So, uh, that's, you know, um, a little bit, I guess, uh, of a broader understanding of those uh, 13 verses. I'll go ahead with seven, and we'll let True bring up eight. And it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up toward Jerusalem to war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told the house of David, saying, Syria is confederate with Ephraim, and his heart was moved, and the heart of his people, as the trees of the wood are moved with the wind. Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, thou and Sherejash, the son, thy son, and at the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the fuller's field, and say unto him, Take heed, be quiet, fear not, neither be faint-hearted, for the two tails of these smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of Rezin with Syria and the son of Remaliah, because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remaliah have taken evil counsel against thee, saying, Let us go up against Judah and vex it, and let us make a breach therein for us, and set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tabeal. Tabiel. Thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin. And within threescore and five years shall Ephraim be broken, that it be not a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If ye will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God, ask it either in depth or in height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, shall call his name Emmanuel. But, excuse me, butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. Coming, Excuse me. The Lord shall bring upon thee and upon thy people and upon thy father's house days that have not come from the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, even the king of Assyria. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall hiss for, thy, for the fly that is in the uttermost parts of the rivers of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. And they shall come and shall rest all of them in the desolate valleys, and in the holes of the rocks, and upon all thorns, and upon all bushes. 
In the same day shall the Lord shave with a razor that is hired, namely by them beyond the river, by the king of Assyria, the head and the hair of the feet, and it shall also consume the beard. And it shall come to pass in that day that a man shall nourish a young cow and two sheep. And it shall come to pass for the abundance of milk that they shall give he, excuse me, and it shall come to pass for the abundance of milk that they shall give, he shall eat butter, for the butter and honey shall every one eat that is left in the land. And it shall come to pass in that day that every place shall be where there were a thousand bonds at a thousand silverlings, it shall even be for briars and thorns, with arrows and with boughs shall men come thither, because all the land shall become briars and thorns. And on all hills that shall dig with the matta, there shall not come thither the fear of briars and thorns, but it shall be for the sending forth of oxen and for the treading of the cattle. Did you guys see anything specific in there that uh, rang a bell to you? No, not me. Um, um, I guess, uh, it's talking about John the Baptist, maybe. You're referring to which verses? 14. Um, well, not exactly. Close. Do you know what Emmanuel means? Uh, not really. Okay. So, we would get Strong's out, and we would look up, um, we would look up, um, Emmanuel, because Strong's is keyed to the uh, King James. I don't have the Strong's in here. You have it out there. Um. Okay. I on get the, it on, on the library shelf, probably. Um, but I will look in my um, vines. Uh, well, expository. Uh, okay, I found Strong's. I would say it's probably uh, Jesus if it's not John the Baptist. Right. Yeah. And I think the other translations use it. Uh, this is another one of those things, like I was mentioning there several weeks ago, how um, the name of God is is Yahweh, and it, it was in the original manuscripts um, thousands of times. And it has been largely removed from any usage or, or anything in the King James Version. And that's prominent, probably prominently due to um, Catholicism, the, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, so, likewise, this word Emmanuel, 
um, is um, I've got a footnote by them. Fine. Let me just see. G. See what they have here. Chapter 8H. So it's referring me to 8H. Doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Let me double check that again. G. Oh, I don't understand that. I don't really um, see uh, a manual in strong even. Yeah, um, let's see. It starts I'm... at I, and it goes from I, D, to maybe I missed. Looks like it goes from I, D, right to um, I, G. Yeah, mine, my Vines does the same thing. Um, you could try the, uh, that's what I say, I believe this word. Oh, here. I found it. Okay. Um, says a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really have anything there. This guy, Isaiah 8 8. This guy, Isaiah 8 8, and that's it. Yeah, uh, mine refers me to Isaiah 8 8, too, and it's just another reference to Emmanuel there. It says, And shall pass through Judah, he shall overflow and go over, and shall reach even to the neck. Stretching out of his wings shall fill the breadth of thy land, O Emmanuel. Um, um, and I think this is another uh, one of those times where the translation of the word is not... Are you looking in the Greek? Uh, uh, did you look in the Greek, Jeremiah, on the concordance? No, I have no idea how to use this book. Oh, I, just kinda, I used it like a dictionary. Yeah, okay. Are you... Look at the top of the page. Does it say Hebrew? Or does it say Greek? Um, it just says main concordance. Okay, that's the... That would be the main concordance would be the Hebrew... You'll need to go to the Greek because, oh no, what am I thinking? We're not in the New Testament, so so you got it right. Um, so on that, it, all it says is it just refers to it and doesn't actually say where. Um, it just says the Isaiah 7.14 and 8.8, um, uh, yeah. Uh, well, what's the word? Emmanuel. Oh, oh, yeah, I know. Okay, that's what you're missing. Um, there's a word number there next to that. 
like 6421 or something like that. Um, okay. Just, uh, All right. So once you have that number, now you have to go look up that number and get the definition. Okay, well, where do I look that up in the back? No, you'll still be in the main concordance, but it'll be a little farther into the concordance. So, you know, you might be at about one-third or something like that, or one-fifth. <laughs> 6,005. <clears throat> Excuse me, so the number is 6005? Yeah. All right, so now you go to 6005. You remember how to use it again now? No, I've never used this. Oh, you've been used it. You've used it before. I've showed you. You just don't remember. No, I don't remember. Okay. Six I found years. a receipt from 2009 in it, though. Oh. <laughs> it was probably placed in there to mark something. So you got to go to 6009 on the number. <clears throat> um, um, I found in um, one second. Doug, did you look in the Subtuagent? What was that true? The Subtuagent? Did you look in there? Um, no, are you? Do you have one handy? Let me find my dad. So. Well, I've got one here. Um, I can do that. I just didn't know if you were actually reading from it yourself or not. So um, I'm there. I will. Uh, was actually that was open on my desk. <laughs> so Isaiah chapter six, actually seven. And verse 13. Oh, wait, here it is. Okay. Yeah. See, this is, this is one of those things that reveals us. <clears throat> so we're going to get feedback off your microphone. Um, <clears throat> seeing the Septuagint. I'm using my I didn't mute mine. Um, true, in the Septuagint, it was good that you mentioned that because uh, that's probably where I saw this because that's what I was saying to you guys. This is one of those cases where the word translated it has left a lot of people, um, um, I guess, not understanding is probably the way to put it. But in the Septuagint, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel. And in the Septuagint, it has in brackets right there beside Emmanuel, God with us. All right. And um, uh, does that say 6,005? Yeah. All right. So now we flip back here to the numbering system. Okay. Hebrew and Chaldee, because that's where we're we're in the Old Testament, right? So we're looking for six thousand five. And there it is. So Emmanuel in Strong's is 
from 5973 and 410 with a suffix pronoun uh, ends with us. God with us. A name of Isaiah's son. Uh, Emmanuel. Okay, so God is with us. Is your microphone back on? No. Okay, well, I might repeat that. So, God with us, God with us uh, means that, obviously, God is with us. We are going to get this Emmanuel, which is God with us, that's going to be coming, born of a virgin, and... um, um, and that's something that's uh, that's helpful when you begin to understand that God came in the flesh to redeem his people whom he had divorced and cast off as Jeremiah 3.8 teaches so it's just another one of those small little tidbits that you know, sometimes gets disregarded or considered of of no significance, um, but yet has a great significance and is of great importance. Um, so, if we're going to, that was the first thing I asked was if you guys you saw anything that jumped out at you out of that verse, and. Um, that's that's or out of that scripture, and that of course is is very significant. That particular uh, pronouncement of uh, Emmanuel, God with us, that was going to be born of the Virgin. Um, so, I guess uh, now as we look at um, what probably the first seven, eight, or nine verses there um, you can see that you know God has got a pretty good design laid against uh, Jerusalem and he's going to use the king of Syria and Pica two neighboring uh, you know uh, kings or monarchs um, you know, he's going to use them to do the work and um the Lord began to send against Judah those two kings there. Um, there's a cross-reference in my Bible back to 2 Kings chapter 15 uh, as well. Um, so that gives you some historical chronology there in 2 Kings and certainly in Chronicles as well. Um, so, you know, once uh, God delivered them into the hand of the king of Syria and the king of Israel Uh, with that great slaughter uh, you know they went up toward Jerusalem the royal city to to war against it and and the intention was to besiege it Um, um, I think something of significance here is that you know what we see is the sin of the land um, 
you know, it does bring foreign invasions upon it. So when we sit here in our nation and and we say that that uh, you know we've got terrorism on the land, well, the first thing that God-fearing people ought to be doing is is considering the the condition of their land and uh, and recognizing that sin brings invasion from foreign entities and by God for a purpose to either purge or destroy the evil that's taking place in the land. And, uh, you know, he might even raise up a wicked nation of people or a wicked people to do the work. Um, And it seems as if Israelites, which this Bible is written about, have never fully grasped the concept of that or at least embrace it enough to learn their lesson. They keep repeating it. Um, so that would be one thing, I guess, there in those first few chapters. And, um, one of the other things I think that's probably important is that... Um, God does send the prophet to meet King Ahaz um, and he didn't uh, he didn't really send him you know by way of of Ahaz being interested in it you know because inter- he, he asked Ahaz you know ask a sign, but Ahaz says, no, I won't ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. <clears throat> so that was a, a good response that he at least acknowledged that. Um, and then, of course, 17 through 25, he's uh, describing the destruction that's going to come. Uh The Lord shall bring upon thee and upon thy people, upon thy father's house, days that have not come from the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, even the king of Assyria. There at verse 17, it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall hiss for the fly that is in the uttermost part of the rivers of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. What he's talking about is the the two entities one being the fly, as he refers to it, and the other one being the bee. It says, They shall come and shall rest all of them in the desolate valleys and in the holes of the rocks and upon all thorns and upon all bushes. In the same day shall the Lord shave him with a razor that is hired, namely, by them beyond the river, by the king of Assyria, the head and the hair of the feet, and it shall also consume the beard. So he's uh, beginning to tell him a little bit about what he's expecting to do. And uh, so I don't know. uh, I'll leave it at that, I guess, as far as some explanation on that particular chapter. (coughs) 
want to go ahead with eight, why we'll continue with chapter eight then. All right. I'm just not ready. Okay. Then the Lord said to me, take for yourself a large tablet and write on it an ordinary letter with his to the booty. Speedy is to pray, and I will take to myself faithful witnesses for the testimony. Uriah the priest and Zechariah, the son of Jabberkarah. So I approached the prophetess, and she convinced and gave birth to a son. Then the Lord said to me, name him, Marashara. Before the boy knows how to cry out, my my father or my mother, the wealth of Dagmaris and the spoil of Samara will be carried away before the king of Azra. Again, the Lord spoke to me further, saying, And as much as these people have rejected the gentle flowing waters of Shanos and rejoiced in Rizin and the son of Remila, now, therefore, behold, the Lord is about to bring on them the strong and abundant waters of Ephraim, even the king of Azra and all his glory. And he will, and it will rise up over all its channels and go over all its banks. Then it will sweep on into Judah. It will overflow and pass through. It will reach even to the Renek. And then spread of its wings will fill the breath of your land, O man, be broken, O people, and be shattered, and give ear all remote places of the earth. Gird yourself, yet be shattered. Gird yourself, yet be shattered. Devise a plan, but it will be sword. State a proposal, but it will not stand, for God is with us. For thus the Lord spoke to me with mighty power, instructed me not to walk in the way of these people, saying, You are not to say, It is a conspiracy. In regard to all that is that this people calls conspiracy. And you are not to fear what they fear or, or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of hosts whom you shall you should regard as holy, and be shall your be your fear, and shall be your dread. Then he shall become the sanctuary. But to those of the houses of Israel a stone to strike and a rock to stumble over, and a snare and a trap for inhabitants of Jerusalem. Many will stumble over them. Then they will fall and be broken. They will be even be sneered and caught. Find up the testimony, seal the law among my disciplines. Who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob? I will even look angrily for him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are the are for the signs and wonders in Israel. From the Lord of hosts, who dwells on the Mount Zion, 
when they say to you, consult the mediums and the spiritists who whisper multiple, should not people consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living, to the law, and to the testimony? If they do not speak according to this word, it will it is because they have no dawn. They will pass through the land hard pressed and famished. And it will turn out that when they are hungry, they will be angered and cursed. Their king and their goddess they face upward. Then they will look to the earth and behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be driven away in the darkness. Well, now, there's, uh, um, there, chapter 8, 1 through 4, he's instructing Isaiah to take a great role and write with a man's men, and he is now going to describe exactly what's going to happen to Israel and uh, how Syria and Israel are going to be, the empires of Syria and Israel are going to be destroyed and uh, uh, refers there to uh, Zechariah and Uriah the priest as well. Uh, And... uh, describes this uh this child that's you know going to be born and uh, of all the desolations that are basically going to come on upon this uh this land and this child before he even has knowledge to cry now a baby cries normally at birth so it leaves you wondering um you know about this child and and the crying but uh um maybe that's only in the movies that the baby cries is the baby cry only in the movies Judy? I don't think so. Only the baby cries? Baby cries when he's born. Jeremiah cried when he was born? Sure does. He did? Sure does. Jeremiah, you cried when you were born. Did True cry when she was born, you think, True? Yes. You think you did, huh? Yeah. All right. Um, (laughs) And basically, you know, what's happening here in 8 is going to be happening, uh, continuing in 9, 10, and 11. Um, God is going to, you know, continue to unfold if you will, the the destruction. Um, You know, he tells Israel there, he says uh, in 19, and when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So what he's saying is that there's these people, if they do not speak 
according to the word of God and the law and the testimony herein, there's no light in those people. Those people's light has gone out. They no longer have the great commission in their heart, and that is the commission that God gave them to be a light unto the world, that they would, through Abraham's seed, would many nations be blessed. The whole world, in fact, would be blessed because God was going to bring about a condition on this creation of a righteous, uh, you know, style of life. Um, that's what He commissioned His His people, uh, Jacob, Israel, to do. And says at 21, and they shall pass through it, hardly be stead and hungry. It shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they'll fret themselves and curse their king and their God. But, you know, God always tells you, you know, to trust in him, to look beyond the destruction, to look at at the glory that he's going to bring upon his name by what he does after um so he you know gives gives encouragement to the people uh but it's interesting at verse 22 how it says and they shall look to the earth uh in this country right now we have people looking to the earth they 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 call it global warming and that you know we have to save the planet um so instead of looking to god and trusting in him and maintaining the law and the testimony um, and speak according to the word of God, they speak contrary. They speak uh, familiar wizards and so forth. And, and, even, uh, uh, and even, as we find in global warming issues and things like that, is blame the people uh, by saying, you know, the people themselves are causing global warming, but in essence, they really should be saying, your sin has found you out, and God has brought this destruction on you. But why would the evil want you to confess that? Because if you confess that, your God would be nigh unto you, and he would come swiftly to your aid. And so it's to their advantage to keep us from that knowledge and to keep us from making that proclamation so that the Lord would would rescue us and would bring destruction upon the wicked. Um, so that's just another interesting aspect, I think, out of, out of chapter 8 there that, um, you know, often is, is, uh, is left... Uh, uh, people's minds, uh, grabbing it, paying attention to it, because um, that's what he's telling us there. Uh, let's see, 9, 10, uh, Jeremiah, I'll do 9, we'll let True do 10, and then you can pick up 11, that's a little shorter. Nevertheless, oh, okay. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali and afterward did more grievously afflict her 
by the way of the sea, beyond in Galilee of the nation. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of shadow of death, upon them has the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy, the joy before thee according to the, the joy in harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and the fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice, from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord sent a word unto Jacob, and it hath lighted upon Israel. And all the people shall know, even Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria, that say in the pride and doubtness of heart, The bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will change them into cedars. Therefore the Lord shall set up the adversaries of Rezin against him and join his enemies together, the Syrians before and the Philistines behind, and they shall devour Israel with an open mouth. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For the people turns not unto him that smite them, neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore the Lord will cut off from Israel head and tail, branch and rush in one day. The ancient and honorable, he is the head, and the prophet that teacheth lies, he is the tail. For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. Therefore the Lord shall have no joy in their young men, neither shall have mercy on their fatherless and widows, for every one is a hypocrite and an evildoer, and every mouth speaks folly. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For wickedness burneth as the fire, it shall devour the briars and thorns, and shall kindle in the thickets of the forest, and they shall mount up like the lifting up of smoke. Through the wrath of the Lord of hosts is the land darkened, and the people shall be as the fuel of the fire, and no man shall spare his brother. He shall snatch on the right hand and be hungry. He shall eat on the left hand, and they shall not be satisfied. They shall eat every man the flesh of his own arm. Manasseh, Ephraim, Ephraim, Manasseh, they together shall be against Judah, for all his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Anything in that scripture jump out at you, True? Hmm. I think verse 20 and 18. And what do you see in that? 
that jumps out at you? Well, they are assuming briars and thorns. Yeah, the Lord says that the people shall be as the fuel for the fire. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that would say that's a disgusting God, that he would use people for the fire as if they were nothing but sticks and weeds or thorns to be thrown on a fire. But that's mm-hmm. what God is that's what God is saying, isn't it? Mhm. Now I have a question about verse twenty. All right. They slice off what is on the right hand but still are hungry, and they eat what is on the left hand but they are not satisfied. I'm not sh- I'm not understanding that one. I mean, why are they spying? So I saw what is on the right hand, but still hungry. And they eat on what is the left hand, but they are not satisfied. Well, that's that's to to try to give you a picture of how hungry you are. You're so hungry that what you what you have in your right hand doesn't satisfy. What you have in your left hand doesn't satisfy. It's as if you you would be compelled to eat your own arm in order to be satisfied. Oh. It makes sense now. <laughs> uh, you, you know, the Bible does speak in metaphors. And, you know, um, if you were, you know, concerned that he was eating the flesh of his own arm, well, imagine being so hungry that you would resort to that. I mean, think of it this way, True. God is trying to give you such a depiction and a picture of this thing that you would turn from the ways that he would not bring this calamity upon you, and yet that's a pretty vivid description, isn't it? That, yeah. That you would be eating your own left arm. And yet you still can't bring yourself to acknowledge this God who is, you know, bringing this destruction upon you and seek his, you know, his redemption, seek his protection from that that hunger and that, that starvation and that calamity. And God says that there, there will be a remnant, he says, those that will look to him, those that will acknowledge him. And uh, that's, you know, one of the things that that you've been being taught and your family's been being taught is that you want to be that remnant that in the face of the calamity that's coming, you want to maintain steadfast in acknowledging who God is no matter what the circumstances. You don't want to find yourself, as it said, uh, um, uh, there in uh, 9, uh, 8, verse 21, they shall pass through, uh, let's see, they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves, 
and cursed their king and their God. You know, you don't want to be in that situation where you you find yourself cursing God because God will take care of his own. He will provide for those that do love him, for those that have acknowledged him, and for those who've got their hearts right. That's always a promise that he has. But, you know, you'll have people beside you that you thought had their hearts right. And um, that destruction is going to come upon them and their hearts weren't right, obviously. And that's the message that he's he's conveying there. Um, uh, you see there in... Uh, did you notice something there or something jump out at you there, Jeremiah, in uh, chapter 9 as well to you? Um... Not necessarily. Um, well, let's, they, go to, let's go to verse 6 of 9. Through uh, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there should be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establishment with judgment, with justice, from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So what is that a reference to, uh, True? Do you know? I, I don't remember. It sounds familiar to me. Yes, I don't know why. I'm assuming Isaiah 6? Yeah. Yeah, this is the Emmanuel, isn't it? Yeah. And this Emmanuel is who who is redeeming them, who is going to be wonderful, counselor, the mighty God. Yeah. Interesting term there, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Um, This God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, um, he has given us a wonderful code of conduct. He's given us wonderful counsel. He is the mighty God. He is going to show the world that he lays down his life and raises it back up of his own accord and becomes that everlasting father and the prince of peace. And his government, it says, is the peace. And there's not going to be any end. And um, uh, justice, judgment, henceforth. And the zeal of the Lord will perform it. That's That's a promise. So what we have here is the prophecy of the birth of Emmanuel, God with us, Christ, the Redeemer. And this is hundreds of years before Christ's um, birth and certainly death, burial, and and resurrection. And uh, so he, uh, he goes out 
he says in uh, 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 let's see 13 for the people turn not unto him that smites them neither do they seek the Lord of hosts see right there for the people turn not unto him that smites them neither do they seek the Lord of hosts So what that scripture there at 13 is saying to them is, I'm striking them, but they don't turn to me. See, and that's what I was just saying to you, True, about when we're so vexed in spirit or we're so vexed in the land, the the objective of God is to get us to turn to him. and, Mm -hmm. And he'll then provide for us. And... Continuing on, therefore the Lord will cut off from Israel head and tail, branch and rush in one day. The ancient and honorable, he is the head, and the prophet that teaches life, lies, he is the tail. So he's telling them, you know, the, the ancient, honorable, that's God, the Godhead, he is the head. And whatever prophet teaching you lies, he is a tail. The leaders of this people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. Therefore the Lord shall have no joy in their young men, neither shall have mercy on their fatherless and widows, for everyone is a hypocrite and an evildoer. Every mouth speaks folly. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. He's still stretching out his hand and says, Come to me, come unto me. Acknowledge me, honor me, hear me, uh, turn from your wickedness. Uh, For wickedness burns as the fire, it shall devour the briars and the thorns, and shall kindle the thickets of the forest. So it's, uh, it's again, like I said, 8, 9, 10, 11, these are all, uh, prophecies of the destruction coming upon Israel and Judah. Um, why don't you go ahead with ten? And since Jeremiah has has uh, all that hardware in his mouth and it's hard for him to speak, we'll give him eleven, and then we'll close out. I'm good with that. You always giving me the hard ones. Yeah, it's 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 not as hard as nine was though. Verse 8 was harder. Woe to those who enact evil statutes, and to those who constantly record unjust decisions, so as to despise needy of justice, and rob the poor of my people of their rights, so that the widows may be their spoil. And that they may plunder the orphans. Now, what will you do in the day of punishment? In the devastation which will come from affair, afar? To whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your will? Nothing remains but to crouch among the captives, or fall among the slain in the spite of all this. His anger does not turn away, and his hand is still stretched out. Go to Sathra, the rod of my anger, the staff in whose hands 
is in is my indignant. I sent it against a godless nation and commissioned it against the people of my first to capture booty and to size plunder and to trample them down like mud in the street. Yet it does not so intend, nor does it plain so it, it, it heart. But rather it is its purpose to destroy and to cut off many nations. For it says, Are not my prince all kings? Is not like Canlo, like Parshmish, or Hamish, or like Airpad, or Samurai, like Democritus? As my hand has reached to the kingdom of idols, those graven images were greater than the Jerusalem of Samurai. Shall I not do to Jerusalem and her images? Just as I have done to Samurai and her idol, so it will be that when the Lord has completed all of his work on Mount Zion, in Jerusalem, he will say, I will punish the fruit of angry heart of the king of Azra and the pomp of his haughtiness. For he has said, by the power of my hand and by my wisdom, I did this. For, for I have understanding and I have I removed the boundaries of the people and plundered their treasures. And like a mighty man, I brought down their habitants. And my hand reached to the riches of the people like a net. And as one gathers a banded egg, I gathered all the earth, and there was not one that flapped its wing or opened its feet or chirped. Is the axe to boast itself over the one who chops with it? Is the soul to exalt itself over the one who willed it? That would be like a club wielding those who lift it, or like a rod lifting him who is not wood. Therefore the Lord, the God of hosts, will send a wasting disease among his strout warriors. And under his glory a fire will be kindled like a burning flame. And the light of Israel will become a fire and his holy one a flame. And it will burn and divert his thorns and his briars in a single day. He will destroy the glory of his forest and of his fruitful garden, both soul and body. And it will be as when a sick man wastes away, the rest of the trees of his forests will be so small in number that a child could write them down. Now in that day, the remembrance of Israel and those of the house of Jacob who have been captive will never again rely on the one who struck them, but but will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. For those who are through your people, 
or Israel, may be like the sand of the sea. Only a remnant within the, them was, will return. Destruction is demanded, overflowing with righteousness. For a complete destruction, one is one that is decreed. The Lord God of hosts will execute, and the midst, in the midst of the whole land. Therefore, thus said the Lord God of hosts, O oh, my people, who dwell in the Zion, do not fear the eye of Siren, who strikes with you with a rod and lifts up his staff against you, the way Egypt did. For in a very little while, my endurance against you will be spent and my anger will be directed to their destruction. The Lord of hosts will enrouse a scourge against him like the slaughter of Mandan at the rock of Orb. And his staff will be over the sea, and he will lift it up the way he did in Egypt. So it will be in that day that his burden will be removed from your shoulders, and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be broken because of the fatness. He has come against Ath. He has passed through Migron. At Mishmash, he deposited his baggage. They have gone through the past saying, Jeba will be our lodging place. Ramallah is terrified, and Jeba, the soul, has fled away. Cry out, cry out loud with your voice, O daughter of Galem. Pay attention. Lisha and Rich and Not. Magna has fleed. The inhabitants of Gam have sought refuge. Yet today he will halt at Nob. He shakes his fist at the mountain of daughter of Zion and the hill of Jerusalem. Behold, the Lord, the God of hosts, will lop off the brought with a terrible crash. Those also who are tall in structure will be cut down, and those who are lofty will be abashed. He will cut down the thickest of the forest with an iron axe, and the lead man will fall by the mighty one. Okay. So so what we have is there at verse uh, 5, he says, well, I really, it's worth taking some time on 10, 1 through 5. Woe to them that decree unrighteous decrees and them that write grievousness which they have prescribed. We find as we go along in our country, we have more and more decrees. We have more and more uh, grievous burdens of law uh, to turn aside the needy from judgment and to take away the right from the poor of my people, all in a in, a, in an attempt to continue to um, bring God's people lower. Um, these abusers of justice do. Um, 
taking away that which is right and prescribing that which is unjust, which causes more devastation, causes more uh, poor. Um, We had, what was it, 50 million people that were on food stamps as of last year in America. You know, that's, that's about one in every six households or however we would refer to it. Um, there's approximately 320 or 30 million or some number around there uh, in the country. And, uh, you know, 50 million. I was even wondering if, I think maybe I heard that number was higher to 100 million. Did you hear that? I was thinking that maybe it might even have been as high as that. Uh, Maybe it was 50 million that were on it before and another 50 million were added. I don't know. But not notwithstanding, you know, um, uh, and and the Lord says, "What will you do in the day of visitation?" You know, um, uh, so he's you know he's he's given a woe unto those abusers of righteousness and those abusers of justice to do what is right instead of that which is destructive to the to the people. Uh, right there at five, Assyria. The Assyrian, O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger. He's talking about King Shennacherib. And King Shennacherib is who he's going to use as the rod of his anger. The staff in the hand is mine. It's his indignation, he says. That's what's coming against them. He says he'll send them against the hypocritical nation, against the people of my wrath. He'll give a charge to take the spoil, to take the prey, to tread them down like mire. Um, so he continues there on, uh, you know, basically 7 through 11, uh, continues to explain the destruction. Um, uh, he says, by the strength of my hand, I've done it. He tells him by the strength of his hand, there at 13, have I done it? Um, I've removed the bounds of the people and robbed their treasures. I have put down the inhabitants. See, this is an important distinction again. God is the one doing this. It's not It's not the Assyrian per se. It's God using the Assyrian because God can keep his people exactly in the position that he wants them if they will continue in their commission and their duty to be the light unto the world to bring the world into submission to righteousness as opposed to unrighteousness. And um, he he then tells at 13, he says, by the strength of my hand, well, what he's doing here, I, I'm sorry, I might have misspoke a little bit here as far as how I was referring to that, but what he's conveying is how um, he's going to check Shennacherib at the door, if you will. He's going to... Uh, explain to him uh, and let him know that no, it it is not by the strength of his hand that he has done it, and by his wisdom. Uh, and for I am prudent, he says, and I have removed the bounds of the people and have robbed their treasuries. But that's not true. And, and so that reference there at 13 is how God is expressing that this is what the king of Assyria is going to do and what he is going to say, but it will not be true. And 
and that he actually is going to then bring down this mortal enemy of Assyria uh, to Israel, and he will destroy that that mortal enemy that has done this destruction to them, and he will bring a remnant of his people back, uh, as those that, as it says, and it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as are escaped of the house of his, uh, of Jacob shall no more again stay upon him that smote them, but shall stay upon the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. So, um, and again, he talks about his outstretched hand. And uh, so that's uh, that's what 10 is. Uh, in summation, I guess. So, Jeremiah, I'll let you go with 11 so we can get ready to wrap up here. All right. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor, and decide with fairness the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion and the fat living together. And the little boy will lead them. Also the cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Then in that day, the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, who will stand as a signal for the peoples, his resting place will be glorious. Then it will happen on that day that the Lord will again recover the second time with his hand, the remnant of his people who will remain from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, and Hamas, and from the islands of the sea, and he will lift up a standard for the nations and assemble the banished ones of Israel, and will gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth, and the jealousy of Ephraim will depart, and those who harass Judah will be cut off. Ephraim will not be jealous of Judah, and Judah will not harass Ephraim. They will swoop down on the slopes of the Philistines on the west. Together they will plunder the sons of the east. They will possess Edom and Moab, and the sons of Ammon will be subject to them. And the Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt, and he will wave his hand over the river with his scorching limb. And he will strike it into seven streams and make men walk over dry shots. 
and there will be a highway from Assyria for the remnant of his people who will be left, just as there was for Israel, in the day that they came up out of the land of Egypt. Yeah, well, so what we've got here at chapter 11, it's, uh, you know, um, what do you see there? Did either one of you recognize something that rings a bell or that uh, drew some attention to something there that you may know about? Um, well, talking about the descendants of David, I think. And, um, I guess, destruction that they will carry out. Um, I have to agree with him, too. That's what I think. That jumps out at me. Well, there at eleven one, let's go there. There shall come forth out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity the meek for the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Now, what does that sound like? Um... I'm saying God's one of talking. I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear that true. God what? I said I'm guessing God is talking. Well, Jesse, the root of Jesse, remember, where does Christ uh, um, derive his lineage from? I don't know. Well, he, he, we're told in this prophecy that we've been reading that 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 Emmanuel is coming forth from the line of the Davidic line, David, and from that branch. So Jeremiah, just as you said, that's correct of the line of of uh, of David, specifically Jesse, and. This is a reference to none other but the Redeemer, the Christ, who is God in the flesh, who came, is is being prophesied by as coming, which will have all of this great and mighty counsel, spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and with righteousness he will judge. He will judge things as he sees in his eyes. He won't judge things... As he hears in his ears, he, he will judge righteousness, uh, and righteous judgment will he judge. So this here is another prophecy of the Redeemer. And um, then he goes on in uh, um, 
chapter 11, 6 through, oh, I suppose it's uh, maybe 9, 10. Um, he talks about the uh, the peaceableness, you know, that the kingdom is going to be at that at that point. Um, you know, this is post destruction of Jerusalem. I would, I guess, be my understanding there. I could be incorrect in that reference, but I think that is the period of time in which, um, you know, that that uh, that I guess uh, peace was going to be upon the on the kingdom of. Jacob Israel um, and then uh, you know verses 6 through 9 a little more uh, he says they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord see this is uh, this is uh The earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord. Uh, the there is no doubt at the time that Christ rose from the dead, and the signs and everything that happened at that time, um, there was a there was a great knowledge that something significant had happened that day, and. Uh, that's when a great knowledge of of this true God of all creation and the God specifically of Jacob Israel had performed this this deed or this act and his death, burial, and resurrection that indeed that must have been noised throughout the whole world as uh, that news traveled and as the Apostles began to spread out and share that good news all over the kingdoms of Jacob Israel first and then those that heard of it as well in the uh in the uh, in in the other countries of those peoples that were not Jacob Israel so good good place to come to there Jeremiah and Isaiah chapter 6 uh, through the through the book open and let it land and there's where it opened up Isaiah chapter 6 and we went through 6 through 11 and did a short study on that and tried to give you some analysis of what exactly was going on in each of those chapters and hopefully that was good and made some sense. And now you found where a lot of prophecy is regarding your Redeemer, um, the Emmanuel, spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. Right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that that was... Uh, a good time, and we're already at about 9.20, so I think we'll have some closing prayer, and uh, 
we will uh, close it out for today. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this opportunity, Lord, specifically for these youth, Lord, in our presence here at this fellowship. Father, I I remember the words of a pastor that I tutored under many years, and one of the last things that he tried to express to us was remember the youth and the need for the youth to have this knowledge and understanding, Lord. So, Father, it's my prayer that this will be a blessing to them and they will be able to continue to share this prophecy of Isaiah to those that they come in contact with and that it will become seed and there will be those who will water that seed and bring the fullness of your marvelous word, light, and glory of your presence to those that they come in contact with and can share it with. Father, that's our prayer for that. We thank you for being with us. You've promised us that where two or more are gathered in your name, you're there in our midst. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that indeed, Father. We thank you for the the blessing you gave us in coming to redeem us, to remember us, to show us exactly your glory and your magnanimity. So, Father, we do also pray for your remnant, wherever they are, Lord, those that do have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and do see the oppressions, and do see the sufferings of of the people oppressed under their yoke of bondage. And, Lord, we would that they would cry out to you for their oppressions, and acknowledge you, and acknowledge the sin in the land. As Father, we come before you and confess our sins, and ask for your forgiveness to make us white, to touch our lips as as we saw here in Isaiah, to touch our lips when we feel that we're so diseased and despicable before you that you would feel welcome and desirous to to touch our lips and say no more no more words need be spoken of that nature you are clean so Lord we pray for that for your people praying for those men all over in Louisiana praying for those new uh, newlyweds for joy to continue to fill their first year here and to fulfill their years many years to come. Father, we thank you for the anniversaries that have just been celebrated as well. and We thank you, Father, for all the gifts and the blessings that you grant us each and every day. We thank you for knowing our needs in advance and caring for them, giving us the desires of our hearts as we ask and seek you for healing and protection. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Um, your son told me that he didn't send the pictures because you have We didn't send pictures. Why? I forgot what pictures were they were about. Um, he told me oh, that he yeah. didn't. 